You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast, presented by 4th Street Records. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, and here we go! Oh, welcome back to the Tenuto Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch. Thank you for taking this journey with me to our full value as music educators. You know, the past couple weeks... I started doing more interviews for the Tenuto podcast um, because our school recently decided to go to this hybrid learning system where half of the students are virtual and the other half are live and in person. You know, during this COVID pandemic time, we've had to be really flexible. I've had to be really flexible. We started the year 100% virtual um, and now we are changing to having kids in front of us and kids in the computer. Um, And this hybrid system is what a lot of the country is doing. So I was looking for advice, not just on the transition, but any advice I could get on virtual teaching at all, seeing what other people are doing. I think one of the things that this virtual world has done is it's kind of isolated everybody. It's a lot tougher to get into constant communication with other people. Any new ideas or insight, you know, it really means a lot to me. I definitely feel like personally I can get stuck in my ways if I'm not asking questions, if I'm not doing different things, you know, throughout the profession. So here's a little background on what my school is doing. Okay, they sent out a survey for students. You know, the students could say they wanted to come back hybrid or they wanted to stay 100% virtual. For those students who said 100% virtual, um, they would just stay at home. And the students who said hybrid, They would come in two times a week and take their classes live and in person while the teacher is also teaching virtual students at the same time. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about where I teach is that, you know, our county has set me up and and all the teachers in our county up for success here. They purchased 65 inch TVs for each classroom. We got these owl cameras that are 360 degree and follow us or they should follow us wherever we go. Sometimes my owl doesn't always follow me and I I treat it like a dog and I'm like, come here, owl, come here. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, we we, we really have been set up nicely for success. Um, Speaking of playing, we purchased band masks for every student and bell covers, um, you know, to make sure that the air is filtered. We're following the rule that after 30 minutes, we need to leave the room and let the air purifiers do their thing. Um, We have a space where we can go for the remainder of that time, which is nice. So overall, feeling super supported. You know, this past week was one of the first weeks in the hybrid model. And it was actually, you know, decently successful. Seeing the beginning band students was nice. And we, we got to fix a few things that I couldn't see online, like posture was a big one. Um, you know, trumpet players playing at the floor, trombone players understanding that they should put their stand to the right of them so that they actually have space to move their slide. Um, You know, seventh and eighth grade were actually surprisingly playing better than I expected after not hearing so much. Um, And then when, when we leave the band room after 30 minutes of playing, we did some awesome listening activities. Um, You know, being that February is Black History Month, I wanted to do some listening journals on music written by black artists, and we did a listening journal on So What by Miles Davis. 
and and the format of that listening journal was I asked them for you know the artist the title the instruments that are used in the song the style of the piece and then the emotion or topic of the piece you know what emotion or topic did you feel while you were listening or what emotion or topic did you feel that the artist was trying to convey and that's something I learned from my uh, my student teaching that has been great for you know those times when we are in the other room where we can't play we're letting the band room filter out with air uh, we've been doing some listening journals there um, so this brings me to our incredible interview with Jake Walker Jake gave me a lot of things to think about here for virtual teaching Jake he's a fifth grade band teacher in Huntley Illinois beginning band um, and he's in his second year teaching right out of college. Right now, Jake is 100% virtual. Um, and Jake was a really awesome guy. He's such an awesome guy. Um, he's got such a passion for what he does, for teaching. I, I, honestly, I, I wanted to listen to this guy talk all day. Seriously, I could talk to this guy forever. Uh, he seems like he's such an incredible teacher. The community that he's in really values him. And I think that's special. And I think we have a special interview coming up. Here is Jake Walker. All right, so we have Jake Walker here. Uh, Jake is actually a celebrity from the, from the research I did before this interview. Jake is going to be marching in the, the band director's Rose Parade in 2022. Can you... Just maybe tell me a little bit about that. That's so cool. Yeah, so over the last year, there's this really cool project going on, and it's called the Saluting America's Band Directors Project. And what this is, it's the first ever marching band made up of music educators from all across the country here. And this was supposed to actually take place on New Year's Day at the Rose Parade this year, but obviously due to COVID, they've pushed that back a year. So fortunately, the group is going to be able to go in March the following year. And so what happens is you get to apply and um, if you get selected to go, you get to be a part of this. So it's made up of just band directors of all ages and gets wow. it gives you a chance to get back out there and get a chance to march. Yeah, this is so cool. And it seems like your town, is it Huntley, Illinois? Yeah, that's correct. I teach fifth grade band in Huntley, Illinois. Huntley. Okay, so I don't, I don't know. It just seems like everybody's rallying around you in your community. I mean, there's so many news stories and there's so many interviews. I mean... Um, that's very cool, man. That's very awesome. Um, so maybe you could dive in a little bit about what you teach, where you teach. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a fifth grade beginning band director at Hannah Martin Elementary School, and that's located in Huntley, Illinois. And that is just outside of the Chicagoland area, so right outside of the suburbs, essentially. And in this program, this is my second year teaching. I'm out of college, so um, in the second year, this program was actually brand new when I graduated college. So I'm the first director to come in and reshape the program. The funny thing is the program existed about 15 years ago, and then unfortunately it disappeared from the schools in Huntley. But the district over the last several years has been really supportive, and they've been itching to bring it back. And fortunately, as I graduated, that was the perfect moment as they brought it back into the schools. And so I've had the unique opportunity to start building this program from the ground up over the last couple of years. Wow. Well, it sounds like they got the right man for the job. This, this, uh, you are very impressive, Jake. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you wanted to go into music in the first place? 
Yeah, I think the most important thing for me is simply the educators that I had. So growing up in school, it wasn't even just my music educator teachers, per se. Um, There's a lot of teachers from elementary school that really like ignited my passion to wanting to go into teaching. And they really mentored me and showed me how awesome of a career it is. And so getting older, I started to discover that I really enjoyed music and helping others. So just, I think along the way, it was those teachers that really crafted me to get to where I am today. And fortunately, I think it's worked out well because I really enjoy my job today. Definitely. And it sounds like you had a pretty amazing experience at Northern Illinois. Um, You were the marching or you were the drum major for a few years, right? Yeah, that's correct. So at Northern Illinois University, I was the drum major for two seasons with the marching band. I was a four-year member, so I started off on trumpet for the first two freshman and sophomore year and then um, took that big leap and went over an audition for drum major. And it was an awesome opportunity, just the amount of performances we got to take part in. And we have a pretty good football team at NIU, and they are pretty successful with going to bowl games. And just different conference championships. So I think that level of exposure was something that was just really second to none. Yeah. Do you think that was something that you had always wanted to do, you know, even as a freshman, or was that something that maybe came over time wanting to become the drum major? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because in high school I was the drum major, but Mm -hmm. really my goal when I got to college was let's be successful in college first (laughs) and kind of see where it goes. Yeah. you know, yes, there's always a little passion to want to do certain things, but really, I was just really concerned about, you know, let's get get going, get get on the ground running first. But as after the first two years went by, I felt pretty stable in, in college, and um, yeah, that's what kind of ignited me to continue and go for a second round. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've always wondered. You know, I, I went to Penn State, and you know, the drum major at Penn State's like just just a giant celebrity. I mean, everybody knows who they are. There's little kids dressing up like them. I'm sure it's probably similar at. At NIU, um, and I just always wondered, you know, if they if they had thought about it their whole life, or they just were thinking about it that year. But very cool. Um, anyway, so now you're teaching fifth grade band. What do your classes look like? Yeah, so in obviously with the whole COVID situation this year, things are a lot different. Um, but normally, I would teach pull out lessons from the classes. So in a normal or a typical year, students will come out of their classes and. Um, the term I like to use is pull in. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of saying we're using pull out lessons because I think that can have a connotative meaning to it. So I like to describe it as pull in lessons because pulling in is we're pulling the kids into our program to give them that extra, um, that extra benefit into their school day. But essentially what I do is on average, I'll teach up to 10 lessons a day and each of my instrument sections are grouped by like instruments throughout the day. And so kids are getting 30 minute lessons twice a week. And then normally we'll have a 25 to 30 minute full band rehearsal. Um, But with COVID right now, um, we're in remote learning. So it's all virtual right now. And unfortunately, the schedule has been scaled back a lot. But the good part is we still see the kids twice a week for 30 minutes. So just the format's a little different, but we're still getting them the end product. Gotcha. So so you're not currently doing any poll-in lessons? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. My te- my teaching schedule is essentially I work around the classroom schedule. That makes so there's sense. No for me pulling kids right. from math, for example. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, so that must be a little hectic to have everybody in in the class at one time, and and these are all beginners. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's correct. So they're still they're still in small groups. Some of the groups are okay. a little bit larger, and that's the challenge right there. Is we might see a you know double the kids in a lesson that what we would normally right. put in. And of course, that's a little nerve wracking because you want to get to the kids more one on one. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just different. Yeah. Um, so what have been like the biggest challenges you faced this year alone, just with the virtual teaching? Obviously, the schedule is, is a big challenge. But in terms of teaching music, what, what has been something that's maybe been a challenge? Yeah, I think the most um, prominent challenge this year is certainly the fact that we cannot all play unmuted on Zoom or on Google Meets, whatever platform you use it's hard to do that because you can't you have that delay and there's there's just a lot of issues with that so in terms of me giving feedback a lot it's more sparse throughout lessons and and that's what makes it difficult is I can't make quick fixes anymore it's more I have to be patient and I have to work my way around and keep everybody engaged so engagement is a big thing engagement yeah yeah it's funny I'm dealing with the same thing so I'm currently 100% virtual, but students are starting to come back into this hybrid format where half of the class is in the classroom and the other half of the classroom is on the computer and then they switch um, the next day. So uh, I'm I'm dealing with the same kind of stuff and uh, I 100% agree. We actually had a day where, you know, just once I said, all right, everybody on mute and let's play this together. And I was, and at the end I was like, that's why we don't do that. It's just, it's too challenging. Uh, you can't get everybody together, uh, but I'm sure you've had some successes too. I mean, what have been some things that have been working well? Yeah, I think something that works extremely well though is using smart music in our school. Nice. Um, we allow the students to have their own accounts at home provided by our district, which is why it's an awesome it's an awesome thing to have that support. Is that they know that that platform is is really important for us whether it's a pandemic year or not. And so when we play in class, we're able to still have the visual and then we're able to have a metronome going and I can annotate everything. So I think the visual aspect has actually been enhanced this year is that we're able to see everything clearer. So that helps Mm -hmm. your visual. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually lucky enough to have smart music with my classes too. 100% agree. I mean, it's, it's so helpful. And to have access to all that library is is really cool um so so what instrument did you play growing up so my primary instrument was trumpets and then in high school i actually took on percussion for a couple years that was something you know i knew i wanted to go into music and my band director again was really supportive at my high school and you know he helped encourage me to pick up a secondary essentially and so um went down that route and i think that definitely helped going into the field knowing that I had you know a brass background and a little bit of percussion so I wasn't completely blind oh, wow. very cool so personally for me I mean I think I would probably say throughout this virtual experience of teaching I would say percussion has been kind of the, the most difficult for me to to teach because my classes are grouped as brass percussion and woodwinds so you know a lot of the times per- percussion is just playing mallets um, we're not even working on snare stuff, and, and that's something that I really want to work more on. Uh, have you had any successes with teaching percussion online? Any any tips or tricks? 
Yeah, I know it's a it's it's a probably a highly debated topic about you know what is the balance when working with percussion section in terms sure. of mallets and snare and even auxiliary instruments. I think for me, one of the things that I really tried focusing on, even in my first year and into now, is I try to be strict on my pacing and the scheduling. So if I want to hit both snare and mallets in the same lesson. Um, I make sure that I save time and I'm not overtaking time just to do one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I mix those up. And I think that's what's helped with engagement. And when you get into that routine, the kids know it's coming every lesson. So they're pretty prepared. So if they have to switch out and put out a practice pad and take away a mallet set, they know to do it within 30 seconds. Yeah. I think the routine building has been really successful with my percussionist because they always know what to do. Yeah. Uh, I try to get the, I try to get that mix because I know they want to hit both and I want to keep them engaged and I want to keep them moving. I love that. That's awesome. You seem like somebody who probably has, you know, really, really sturdy routines, really good routines that, you know, all your students probably follow, like maybe the beginning of class. What, what does that look like for, for a band student in your class? Yeah, so since we're virtual, I like to put together a PowerPoint. I think that's been the easiest thing for me is mm -hmm. they can always, again, see the visual. But what I like to do is I like to start class with some kind of fun activity. Um, so, for example, today I just did five different questions of would you rather. And so I would say, everybody, go in the, go in the chat box and you're going to answer really quickly. And I'm going to go through these scenarios. And we get a good laugh out of it. So yeah. today my last question was, band or orchestra and you know it's a joke they're obviously band and you know i want to see what they say and so it's great the kids laugh too because they're like well yes band we pick band obviously right. so you i think little activities like that that don't take a ton of time yeah. have have really helped make the connection with the kids yeah and I, I, I agree 100%. I, I think those moments are so special. And I think if you can start class off with a moment like that, I mean, you kind of hook people in. You kind of hook those students in. They don't want to leave. Um, I love that, man. That's awesome. Have you had uh, any particular success or challenges with any instrument group in particular? Um, you know, whether it's flute, clarinet trumpet anything that maybe you found has been really helpful to teach online or maybe something that that's been a challenge that's something that you've been working on yeah so one of the things we decided across our district for fifth grade band and even orchestra was we wanted to we actually reduced our instrumentation offering so normally we offered 10 different instrument sections in fifth grade band mm -hmm. this year we scaled it down to five so we offer flute clarinet, trumpet, baritone, and percussion. And so I think that fix helped because we could tell the students that, hey, if, if your instrument you wanted to play is not being offered right now, there's every intention that if we get back in person or even going into sixth grade, you can jump over and transfer those skills. So I think that's really, that's really helped us. And with specific instruments, I would say one of the hardest ones of the five that we see is probably flute because it's just then when you're not in person, you're not able to make those finger corrections and point things out. Yep. And so just finding all the specifics on there are really difficult, let alone making a sound. So yeah. we found success over time, but that one has taken the longest. So that's what I have to remind myself is, hey, don't sure. be frustrated with them. We have to draw this thing out longer on purpose. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's actually been, you know, that was something I was worried about. I have a few 
flute students this year who are just like killing it i don't know i don't understand how or why i don't think it's anything i'm doing i think they're just motivated kids um but but i i agree man i think flute is is one of the most challenging ones too um i've been looking at like i've been showing the kids videos from youtube where they get like really awesome camera angles that i can never get um uh but yeah that's that's been tough so cool man thanks uh all right well i've got one final question here for you before the rapid fire and um typically in an interview i'll i'll ask somebody like what kind of advice would you give to your first year teacher self um but this this time i want to do it a little different i'm going to ask if you could go back in time to yourself you know at the beginning of this school year or the beginning of this pandemic and you could give yourself one piece of advice something to to help yourself would you give yourself any advice and if so what would it be absolutely the thing i think of every single day now is over the summer was probably the most stressful time because i had to think to myself are we going to be able to pull off teaching beginners virtually how is this going to work this is very scary it's a scary thing for everybody yeah. it's it's yeah. weird because as a young educator there's not a lot of older educators that i can go to and ask them for help and experience right. we're all learning this together so i think i would tell myself look it's going to be fine like it's going to there's going to be moments where it's difficult and it's nowhere near perfect but when I look at what we went through in July and going into August and September with recruiting and and doing that all virtual, I think that's the thing to tell myself is relax. Enjoy your summer break. Wait to get back into the flow of things. Once August hits, the kids are going to be fine. And thankfully, we're able to still offer the experience. So that's what I would tell myself. Is I just love that. Relax. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent. I was so stressed. I was so nervous. Um, I just tried to keep a good attitude about it. And I think that's been something that's that's really helped is just, you know, I'm not going into class every day like, here we go again. It's like I'm trying to be energized and I think it, it rubs off. I think the kids and I, I just have a feeling you're doing it in a similar way. I, I love your energy so much. Um, let's finish strong here with what I call rapid fire. So basically, I'm going to ask you seven questions, you know, just kind of random questions. I just want you to say the first thing that pops into your head. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So, first question: Do you have a new quarantine hobby? Um, getting outside more. Okay, nice. That's my hobby. Um, okay, so I was doing a little research before this interview. There are a lot of articles about the Rose Parade, and then there were some Max Prep stats from from football. Not sure if that was you or another Jake Walker, but this question is: What's your Super Bowl prediction? My Super Bowl prediction is the Packers winning. You think the Packers are going to win? All right, cool. Um, something I've been doing with my students, I, I show them some NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Are you familiar with those at all? No, I'm not actually. Okay. Uh, what's your What's the first concert you ever went to? First concert I ever went to? Oh, um, surprisingly to people, it was, um, I believe, Paul McCartney. No way. Yeah. Wow, cool. That's awesome. Um, do you have any pets? I do. I have two cats. Uh, names? Uh, Charlie and Rusty. Nice. I have two cats as well. Uh, awesome. Finn and Chip. All right. What's your favorite color? Blue. 
Blue, really? I thought maybe the red glasses, it'd be red. I love those glasses, by the way. That's such a power move. Just wear it's, red glasses. I love people that. People always think I, I, I like red, but I actually, blue's my favorite color, and then I just really like the red glasses, so. It's cool, just, man. It's a really, it's really cool. Um, do you drink coffee? I do not. No coffee. Wow. Nope. What What do you do for energy? Just good night's sleep? Um. I, yes, that's important, but I like to start my days with smoothies. Smoothies. Not that they give me a lot of energy, but I do like the thought of being healthy as I can be in the morning. I think that's so. awesome. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, favorite smoothie then? Um, anything berry. So a mix of berries. Nice. All right, final question here. If you weren't teaching, what would you be doing? I would, I would definitely do something in leadership. I can see that. I feel like I can't stray too far from my profession, but definitely some kind of leadership role. Awesome, man. Well, hey. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your night to do this interview to help me out with my virtual teaching and whoever listens to this podcast. Uh, Jake, man, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It was awesome. All right. So thanks again to Jake for that incredible interview. Like I said, just an awesome guy. Um, So lucky to have had him on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being interviewed, if you think you have some things that you would want to share, you know, I would love to get in touch with you. Please feel free to reach out to me. Tenutopodcast at gmail.com is the email. Uh, If you have some things that you want to share, you know, hybrid, virtual, whatever it is, share it with, you know, the listeners of this podcast. Share with me. I would be so happy to hear please reach out. Like I said, tenutopodcast at gmail.com. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening and have a fantastic